Imagine bold, naturally-aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. Ah, it's nice to dream about cheese for a bit. Tillamook cheddar, extraordinary dairy. Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. David Bowie and Hitler? Should you move to LA? And what does stardust actually mean? The answer to all this and more coming right up as soon as we... Places, everyone! It's time for... Last looks. Last looks. Hold up, we're not done. Gotta call Paul and see what is up. On the disc, call a message board while we get wrong. What's the movie next week? Maybe share with Jason. Last looks. Hello, my little scum of the stars, my stardust sisters, my stardust brothers, my stardust family. And my stardust friends, welcome to How Did This Get Made's Last Looks. I'm your host, Paul Shear, back in the recording booth once again. And when I say recording booth, I mean my closet. My closet that I've spent more time in uh, than really any other place in my house in the last three years. It is wild. Uh, but I realized when I missed the last episode of Last Looks, and let's give it up for Jason who did an amazing job hosting the last episode of Last Looks. He's awesome. I love that he did it. And I'm saying give it up. Like, what are you going to do? Just applaud. And if you did just applaud wherever you are, at the gym, in your car, on the subway, it would be great. But you don't have to because he can't hear it. Um, It made me realize I have not ever missed a show. I've not missed a Last Looks. I've not missed a mini episode. And... I was like, my God, I've been doing this show for such a long time. And that was the first time I gave the reins over to somebody else. And um, it got me thinking, like, how far we have come on this show. We've been doing a show for 12, 13 years. And I want to go back and I want to listen to the very first mini episode. I want to do that with you. And that's going to be... <laughs> next episode because I did have all these plans. I wanted to bring back Cody and Devin. People are like, why don't you ever do it with Cody and Devin? I want to do it with Cody and Devin. They, I love doing the show with Cody and Devin, but I also don't want to like take up their time because right now it's about midnight. I'm in my closet. I've started this record about 15 times. No one has time or patience to sit with me as I go through and listen to all this stuff. Um, I want to give them their, their lives their free time. But you know what? You requested it and I want to bring them back. So the next time I do this, we're going back to our old mini episode. We're going to bring in Devin. We're going to bring in Cody. We'll bring back Jason. We're going to bring the whole gang in. And at one point, I'm even going to convince June to co-host or actually, you know what? Just host a last looks by herself. I think that would be absolutely amazing. And I also want to say, speaking about absolutely amazing, um, Dan from Rochester, that theme... That was absolutely amazing. Thank you, Dan. If you want to send in a song just like Dan, just send them to us at how did this get made at earwolf.com. You know the drill, 15 seconds or less, because brevity is the soul of wit and parody songs. Um, we got a lot to talk about this week. We are going to talk 
to you all, find out what you had problems with uh, in regards to the legend of the Stardust Brothers. Because let me tell you, some of you were really mad that we did this movie. Like, how dare you? And then others, and I'm going to say the smarter ones of you, were like, oh my God, you've opened my eyes to one of the craziest, best movies of all time. And you know what? Those people are right. The people who hated this movie are wrong. They're just wrong. You're wrong. Give it a second look. Anyway, um, I'm also going to talk about the stuff that I'm into. We're going to reveal next week's movie. We're talking about Matinee Mondays, what's been going on over there. And as always, I'm going to try to solve your problem on Paul's helpline. So let's keep this going. Now, I know we talked about it a lot, but maybe there are some people out there who have not heard about this yet. But How Did This Get Made is going on the road. That's right. This August. How Did This Get Made is hitting up all your favorite cities. Yes, we're we're actually sold out in a couple of them, but we'll be in Houston. We'll be in Chicago. We will be in Indianapolis. We'll be in Detroit. We will be in Cleveland and NOLA. And guess what? We're also going to be in your living rooms. That's right. We're doing another virtual show. Head to hdtgm.com for tickets and information, all the movies and Everything will be right there. And what I love about the virtual show is you can either get up with us and watch the show live, or you can watch it seven days after it actually airs. So you can pretend it's live. And honestly, at this point, you know what? It's fine to pretend. And you could watch it at a reasonable hour. Uh, anyway, uh, go to hdtgm.com to find out all the different movies and shows and venues that we're playing. Uh, a couple of them are actually sold out now. So uh, you missed your chance. But you know what? You never miss your chance. As long as there is something called StubHub. And you know what? Advice like that is what I am always going to give you. And that's why we created a little section called The Paul Helpline. Mr. Tyler Mann, hit the theme. Mark. I'm from Portland. Uh, I was calling to ask a question. I'm looking for some advice. Uh, I'm a nurse up here and I was thinking about maybe relocating to Los Angeles. Uh, looking for reasons as to why it's a good move, reason to move down there and maybe some reasons of why it's not a good place to live. Uh, big time fan. Thanks for all the help. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Mark. What a good question. Um, Look, is LA good? Is it bad? It all depends. I moved out to LA with my friends and that really made a big difference for me. I didn't live with my friends, but we all moved out here at the same time. I had a support group and I think that's the most important thing. If you can do it uh, when you move anywhere to have a group that supports you, that looks out for you to make sure that you're not completely alone. Um, Get your friends going as quickly as possible because LA can be a lonely city. Now, as far as why you want to move out here or what you want to accomplish, just think, can I do it anywhere else? Do I need to build up a body of work before I actually come out here? Um, 
Ask yourself some real deal questions. You know, you don't have to move out to LA. I always say that if I wasn't in this business, I don't know if LA would be my choice. And now that's not saying I have any problem with LA. I like LA. LA is a great town. And that's coming from a New Yorker. But what do you think? Cody, Devin, you're not here. So I'm just going to throw to you and hope that you have some good advice for Mark in Portland. Uh, Hey, Mark, uh, Devin here. I just moved to L.A. uh, not that long ago, almost four years. Um, And and while I really like it here, I did move for the job at Earwolf, um, and that made things a little easier. Uh, Not the the moving part (laughs) itself. That was a monumental undertaking, but arriving to a job was a a huge help. Um, In terms of pros for L.A., I mean, there's like, not only no shortage of things to do here, there's arguably way too much. <laughs> there's like so much good food, you'll never find it all. So many shows and movies and stand-ups that you'll never see it all. Uh, you know, obviously baseball and, and the beach and, you know, uh, beaches, Malibu, you know, whatever. I mean, it's 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 pretty gorgeous. I think that's well established. So I would say that's a pretty big pro. I love all that. Um, cons, you know, I mean, Paul and June talk a lot about L.A. City Council issues, you know, when it when it makes sense for, you know, when it's something that they really want to highlight. Um, and, yeah, there's there's like some serious challenges in some political and like social areas here that uh, requires your time and attention and, and your vote. You know, um, the, there's like a big unhoused population like there is, you know, unfortunately, in in many major U.S. cities, you know, and it, and it can be heartbreaking, you know. Uh, but you you just try and help out where you can and and yeah direct your vote and you know keep on top of candidates and donate and donate your time all all that sort of thing. Um, but like I say, that's a that's like a lot of U.S. cities. So so I don't know. Paul kind of said it best. California rules. It's just gorgeous. L.A. is an industry town, and if your talents are you think they'll be useful here in some aspect of that industry, you should absolutely take a chance and try it if it makes sense. You know, um, I've found it very rewarding, but. You know, to be fair, I also love Portland. So, you know, I, I think about moving up there sometimes, you know. Uh, but anyway, I, I hope that's helpful. Thanks for calling. Uh, and now, Paul, let's hear from Grace in New York. Uh, hi, Paul, or um, maybe uh, hi, Jason, Scanis. Um, anyway, calling in with a question. So um, this is Grace in New York, and I went out with a girl last night, and we had a really great time. There was definitely a connection there, but I found out that she is Team Sanity and I'm Team Fred. Um, do you have any advice about how to best proceed? Okay, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Grace, rest assured that a relationship that's half Team Sanity and half Team Fred is a relationship built to last, okay? That's me, and that's June, and you need a little bit of both to have a functioning relationship. I I, I just fully believe it. You can't have two Team Freds, and you can't have two Team Sanities in a relationship. And anybody who does is doomed. You're doomed, you hear me? You're doomed! No, um... No, it just shows that you have two sides of a coin. I I don't want to be in a relationship where I wake up and uh, we're dressed the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be in a relationship where we are the exact same person. I want somebody who has likes and interests that are similar to mine, but not exactly mine. I just think in any relationship, you want to just have a little spice that the person that you're with 
does things that you like, that are interesting to you, and there are things that you do together, but you're not the same person. And you know what? What better way to say we're not the same person than taking on someone who's Team Sanity? Because Team Sanity basically means, you know what? We're going to get food on the table and Team Fred's going to be like, let's paint the walls with it. So I, I don't know. I think it's a match made in heaven to me, Grace. Let me know how it works out. If you need some advice like Grace or Mark, uh, give me a call. And, uh, you know, maybe even come in and comment. Are you in a Team Sanity or uh, Team Fred relationship? Well, let me know how it works for you. Because for me and June, it works out pretty good. Uh, give me a call at 619-PAULASK. That's 619-PAULASK. We'll be right back with your questions, concerns, comments, and everything in between for the legend of the Stardust Brothers. But first, here is a supercut of all the names that the listeners think we should call each other. Because we were trying to figure out what that name was. I thought Jason uh, really opened up, you know, a big bag of worms here. And, and let me tell you this, uh, this supercut is great, but uh, I don't think we're going to have any more clarity at the end of it. So here we go. Uh, just listening to the last look that Jason did, um, and I wanted to propose a name for, how did this get made, fans? Howdies. We're the Howdies. People that listen to How Did This Get Made are uh, Howdies. Howdies is good, but it's already the name of the award. What do you think of this? How Diddlers. What? How Did This Get Made fans should be called? And I just think Dum Dums. All right. Bye, Dum Dums. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival, and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie-cutter places, and I went on Airbnb, and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Last week, we talked at length about the legend of the Stardust Brothers. We had questions and we might have even missed a few things. I don't know how because that movie was so down the middle. Uh, here's your chance to set us straight. Fact check us if you will. It is time for corrections and omissions. For all the things we talked about, there were things we did leave out. So now it's time for corrections and omissions. Thank you, Dornheim. That's a great theme. I love that. All right, we're going to go to the Discord, and you can go to the Discord always. If you just go to discord.gg slash hdtgm, great crew of people on there. Thank you to our moderators who do an amazing job of keeping that community alive. Danny the Wall writes, if you want some cultural context of 1980s Japan, there is so much that resonates with this film. Remember, Japan's economics at the time were mid-bubble, with everyone growing richer and the world thinking it would take over the world. 
Japanese society was struggling with how much they should embrace the Western world and what helped catapult their post-war recovery and how this might risk their own cultural identity. And their art was no exception. Musically, there was a real battle throughout the 70s and 80s between Enka, think American standards, crooners, and country music, and Kayoku, which eventually became what we call J-pop. The Stardust Brothers are clearly in the latter camp, embracing the punk and rock with music that shocks the nation and delights young people, not to mention How Did This Get Made fans. The 80s also saw the rise of the idol, as in that's the actual name for this kind of pop music star. The idol is primarily a singer of pop music, but is heavily managed by producers and cross-platform throughout all kinds of media and merchandising. Unfortunately, the idols were often burned out quickly and just kind of churn through the Stardust Brothers and their relationship with Atomic shows this dynamic and is both celebratory and indicting. Now, I have to say, Danny the Wall, um, I don't see much difference between what goes on between Japanese idols and American pop music. I mean, this seems very much like the formula that we have really adopted here. I guess in a way, though, now pop music is kind of changed and morphed a bit. I mean, we basically are K-pop now. Uh, that that really is pop music, isn't it? I mean, I guess there is, you know, a handful of exceptions. Like, But even like somebody like Olivia Rodrigo is not like what the Backstreet Boys were, even like Fine Young Cannibals back in the day. Oh my gosh. Spin Doctors? No, they were not pop music. They were just mean spin doctors man they just let it spin anyway um no this is great uh, great context thank you danny the wall gridlin writes for the role of hitler tezuko mayoto offered the role to several extremely well-respected people it is wild to me that toshiro mifuni agreed but they couldn't afford him like this is actually insane toshiro mifuni uh you might know him as one of the giant stars of japanese cinema at least he is to me seven samurai rashomon ujimbo um he is a, I mean, he's a get. This is like getting like Tom Cruise, uh, you know, in your movie to play Hitler. In my mind, maybe I'm totally wrong here. But anyway, let me read you this little section that Gredland, uh pulled out about Toshiro Mufuni and Hitler. There's a scene in which an actor appears in Hitler makeup. We had first approached Toshiro Mufuni to play the part. He agreed to do it, but he said that if we used one second of footage, it would cost one million yen. We didn't have the money in the budget, so we had to give up on that idea. Now, here is what I would say to that. That was Toshiro Mofuni saying, fuck you, right? Because he's saying, I get paid one million yen per second, not per minute. Schwarzenegger got one million dollars a minute for Mr. Freeze and Batman and Robin. This is Toshiro Mofuni going, yeah, 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 I'll play Hitler. Give me a million dollars per second. That I, I think we have to like uh, change this in the Wikipedia entry if there even is one, uh, because I think that was just a joke that no one actually got. Um, all right. So uh, <laughs> uh, Rocket Wesker uh, weighs in on two interesting facts. Uh, first of all, in regards to Hitler, the movie might be drawing inspiration from the conspiracy theory that Hitler faked his own death. So in the world of the movie, Hitler faked his own suicide and escaped to Japan, biding his time until dot, dot, dot now. Well, I'd say, look, if Hitler was going to come back, pop music is a perfect place for him to uh, really capture the hearts and minds. Um, Rocket Wesker then continues and says, I don't think the crazy fans who chase after uh, Karoku, the evil idol, during the final act have aged. They're just old people. Yes, that's what I was saying, because we actually see young people chasing Karoku as well. Yes, old people are idol fans. That might just be a gag, but... 
maybe if they didn't have a million dollars to pay uh, Mifuni, maybe they just need to get anybody to play an X for two. Um, anyway, um, the interesting thing here too, uh, when I talked about the scum, right? I introduced this episode by saying, welcome, scum of the stars. Um, but when the duo sings uh, that they are scum, they use the Japanese word, it's pronounced kuzu. Kuzu means scraps or wastes. So thank you again, uh, Breakfast Prince, for coming in with these great uh, Japanese translations, putting some cultural context here. And now let's go to the phones to hear some more uh, setting us straight facts. First, Kira from Niagara Falls. Hi, Paul. Kira from Niagara Falls, New York here. I just wanted to call about a cool detail I noticed in The Legend of the Stardust Brothers. Um, the Stardust Brothers and their father all have their heart on the right side of their chest. Shingo, at one point in the movie, literally says, I am one in 10,000 or more. This is an actual medical condition called situs inversus. It's literally Latin for uh, your organs are inverted, a.k.a. they're on the opposite side of where they usually are in the human anatomy. Uh, a major part of this is dextrocardia, which is the actual part of the chest being on the right side. So this is actually affecting 0.01% of the human population, which is 1 in 10,000. So Shingo is right. Um, there are a few celebrities that have this medical condition, including Enrique Iglesias and Catherine O'Hara. I just thought this was really cool. So thank you for talking about the movie. It was really fun to listen to, and I hope you stay safe and healthy. Thank you, Kira. Oh, my gosh. You see, the medical facts in the movie were correct, people. This movie is not messing around. All right, let's go to Noah in New York. Hi, this is Noah from New York City. Just finished Legend of the Stardust Brothers, one of the best movies. Um, just a note about the Japanese. Now, my Japanese isn't that great, but the the name uh, Stardust Brothers in Japanese is Hoshikuze. They keep saying that they're scum because if you take apart the word, kuze means scum, well, the Hoshi means star, so you put it together, it just ends up being a play on words about Hoshikuzu, Hoshikuzu, I'm stardust, or if you just say Kuzu, I'm scum. And the way they talk, it comes off like they're very rowdy and they're very, this kind of, you know, scummy people. So I guess they're supposed to be the redemption story, but as June said, I don't know that I saw much redemption. Anyway, just some interesting note about the Japanese. Bye. Okay, another bit of a name clarification here. So, we just heard from Breakfast Prince that they are um, the waste scraps, and you're saying that they're just scum brothers. I don't know, Noah. I'd, I, Noah, you and Breakfast Prince might have to have it out. All right, and finally, Matthew in Pasadena. This is actually uh, a little bit long, but worth it. Hey, Paul. This is Matthew from Pasadena. Uh, love the episode on Stardust Brothers. Uh, I have some thoughts about the character of Kalu. The um, Possibly robotic, Bowie-esque son of elderly Adolf Hitler. Uh, so he's played by an actual rock star at the time, Issei, who was the uh, lead of a goth, Japanese goth rock band called Dear Zibit. And the, the Bowie connection, back in 1976, when Bowie was recording Station to Station in Berlin, he came up with this new sort of public persona that he called the Thin White Duke. Every description of a Thin White Duke I've read, a emotionless, so basically like robotic, Aryan character. And 
And in 1976, he gave a very uh, infamous interview, Playboy, actually interview was with Cameron Crowe for Playboy, in which he said that he, so it's quoted as saying, Adolf Hitler was one of the first rock stars, and that Hitler was as good as Jagger at controlling a crowd. And he would later discount all of this, even like a couple of years later, he said he was just, it was a character and a bad idea. And then I think in the 90s, he just chalked it all up to heavy, heavy cocaine use. But I'm wondering if part of Kaoru's character is a reference to this thin white Duke Bowie phase in the mid 70s. Thank you so much for the show. Have a great day. So who knew that... <laughs> that David Bowie and Adolf Hitler had a connection. People, we're learning so much here on the show. All right, and let's go back to the boards as we go to Rocket Wesker one more time. Um, the actor who plays Karu is Issei, the vocalist and one of the founders of Der Zibet, a Japanese visual kiai. Uh, it's a Japanese musical movement or style characterized by elaborate hairstyles and costumes, often but not always coupled with androgynous aesthetics. Uh, he's the leader of that rock band, and he didn't don the Bowie look. Uh, for the movie, he's always sported that style, and uh, that's the way he looks when he performs with that band. Okay, so, again, I'm leaving full of information, but more confused than ever, and there are so many great questions and omissions this week, so many great um insights into Japanese culture. But I have to say, when I came into today's episode, I did not think that anyone could draw the line from Hitler to David Bowie. So the winner this week is Matthew in Pasadena. You're the best and you know it. And now you get this amazing song. Honest Jams, hit it. All right, if you want to chime in with your thoughts or just talk with like-minded people, visit us at discord.gg slash hdtgm or my discord at discord.gg slash Paul Shear. Great places to meet up with nice people in a social media environment that is not toxic at all. I love my discord. I love our mods. I, uh, I really am... I, I love Discord. If you've not figured out Discord, it's like a fun version of Slack. It's totally free. You don't have to do anything. Anyway, um, check it out if you want to just talk about movies and TV shows and books and comics. That's a lot on mine. And how does this get made? We break down some deep dive and there's a whole zone where people just post weird, sexy gifts of Jason. So get into it, people. Um all right, we'll be right back right after this. Now, um, just a heads up, every Monday we do a new thing called Matinee Monday, which means we take an old episode out of the vault, we put it back into the stream, and this week we are re-releasing Under the Cherry Moon. Um, is Prince just like a sexier version of Pee Wee Herman? We asked that question, and I think we have a pretty solid answer by the end of the episode, and that answer is... Yeah, kind of. I mean, this is a movie where, I mean, we know Prince is one of the most sexual people, right? He exudes sex, but when he kisses in this movie, it is, it is just, it's cold, wet turkey for me. It is bad news. All right, so uh, go revisit Under the Cherry Moon, which is streaming right now in your podcast app, in your podcast feed, whatever you want to do. Um, but now, you know what? We spent enough time with you. 
It's time for me to tell you what I want you to be watching, what I want you to be into. And it's time for Paul's Pick of the Week. Casey Campbell, take it away. Hey, all you dumb, dumb streaks and geeks. Now it's time for Paul's Pick of the Week, and let's go. Ow! All right. I'm going to mention this because I feel like I've maybe talked about it here on the show a little bit, but... um. I am loving this app called Letterboxd. Letterboxd is basically a film diary. It's social media without any interaction. Um, you ever see those lists that Steven Soderbergh puts out where he basically documents everything that he watches for an entire year? It's, it's fascinating and it's uh, slightly daunting when you look at that list. Letterboxd just does that for you. It is an app. It's free. You can pay for a a premium subscription, but you just catalog every movie that you watch. You can write a review. You don't have to write a review. If you follow different people, you can see what they're watching. It's a great way to get recommendations. I'm not being paid to talk about this. I just love this app. And I don't understand why everyone isn't on it because there's no social media component. It's just sharing what you're watching. You don't even have to say if you liked it. Anyway, I think everyone should do it. But every now and then you find a celebrity like Margot Robbie uh, had a letterbox. Somebody found it and they're like, oh no, here's her inspiration for Barbie because she had a couple of lists there. And it's like, well, what is that going to do? It's like, yeah, she has some inspiration. She's watching different stuff. And then she deletes her account. We can't have that happen. We need people on there, good people on there. Uh, so follow me on Letterbox. I love it uh, very, very much. Uh, I've also uh, gotten in to a brain game because uh, Casey Wilson uh, recommended it to me. She recommended this game, Lumosity. I like playing little games, but not mindless games because if I have Minion Rush on my phone, I will play it and I will play the shit out of it. But this Lumosity is like brain games and I feel better after it. I feel like Yes, it has all the fun elements of the addictive nature of those, you know, uh, like Minion Russia. What else? I don't know. My kids are playing Prodigy right now. It's a math game. I want to yell at them about it, but they're learning math. And God damn it, they're getting good at it. And so I really have a hard time saying no screens, but when they're learning. Um, but uh, this Lumosity has been really great. Uh, I've just really subjected myself to be Lumosity and New York Times crossword puzzles. Uh, And finally, I'm calling out a revisit, uh, a a look back, if you will, to um, a great movie, Jackie Brown. I've been talking about Jackie Brown a lot. I realize I really haven't seen Jackie Brown in like a decade. I rewatched Jackie Brown and that movie is a goddamn masterpiece. It's so, I'm going to curse again, fucking good. Um, I truly, truly love it. Um, And... I've forgotten so many parts of it. And it's one of those movies I hadn't revisited in a long time because I thought it was like, I I remember watching it and really enjoying it and thinking it was like maybe slow, but really good. And I was wrong about the slow part. It's great. And it's moving at a clip and there are scenes. I think Robert De Niro is phenomenal in that movie too. I mean, everybody is so, so good. That cast is unbelievable. If you've not checked out Jackie Brown in a long time, check it out. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Quentin Tarantino's brand new podcast, The Video Archive. Him and Roger Avery um, go through movies every week. Basically, here's the deal. In 1991-ish, Quentin Tarantino bought the contents of his old video store that he worked at with Roger Avery, his co-screenwriter for uh, Pulp Fiction. And 
it is in his house. And every week he is pulling two VHS tapes off the wall and he is watching them and then adding a third kind of cult favorite into the mix. They are watching VHS tapes. We're talking about the transfer, the quality, the cover boxes. The show is fantastic. And it is also engineered by our our engineer and uh, producer extraordinaire, our consigliere, if you will, uh, Devin Bryant. And it is produced by my producer, uh, Josh Richmond from Unspooled. And Unspooled, we're having great episodes over there. We're talking about RoboCop and Starship Troopers and Patton Oswalt came on the show. So check that out. It's been a really fun summer series. But I got one more thing, and uh, that is Alone. Jason Manzukis got me into Alone. And goddamn, this show is so good. June and I are watching the Grizzly season. I don't know more of what it's called, what season it is, but it's a Grizzly season. And this guy in the first episode taps out so quick and he was convinced he's having a heart attack. And when they bring him on to talk about, well, I won't wreck it for you, but I want to hear what you think happened to him because it was pretty wild. Anyway, those are my picks. They're all over the map, but I hope you enjoyed them. And now that we got all of that out of the way, now that we have learned about the magic of the Stardust Brothers. Let's change gears and talk about next week's movies. We are going from robotic Hitlers to untrained child doulas. Yes, you heard that correct. Untrained child doulas. That's right. Next week, we are watching Music from Another Room. Okay, here's a breakdown of the plot. Uh, Music from Another Room is a romantic comedy that follows the exploits of Danny, a young man who grew up believing he was destined to marry the girl he helped deliver as a five-year-old boy. Hey, what? Okay. 25 years later, Danny returns to his hometown and finds the woman he thought he was destined to marry is engaged to another. Well, I mean, this just feels wrong all the way around. Rotten Tomatoes rates this film uh, as a 33% on the tomato meter. And Max from Letterboxd, hey, look, Letterboxd came back, gave it a one-star review and said, it was so painfully bad, I couldn't believe it was like a real plot and it was so ridiculous. And I only watched it for Jude Law and he's so beautiful in it, so I managed to suffer through it. Oh yeah, Jude Law's in this movie. Anyway, listen to the trailer. What do you mean a little problem? There's a baby in there. I'll explain later. I want you to reach inside really slowly. Hey, it's a girl. (laughs) Anna was Danny's first love. I'm going to marry her. (laughs) 25 years later. This is the man child who wrestled life from my unwilling loins. Fascinating. It was love at first sight. Hi, nice to meet you. All over again. Last time we met, you were covered in afterbirth. Oh, God! You can watch music from another room on Amazon Prime with your subscription or on Vudu for only $3.99. Plus, check out Hoopla, which is a great digital media service offered by your local public library that allows you to borrow movies, music, audiobooks, ebooks, comics, TV shows, and more, all for free. All right, people, that is it. Please remember to rate and review this show. It really does help us. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're following us. Visit us on social media and on our Discord. On our Discord, it's discord.gg slash hdtgm. And across all other social media platforms, we are just simply 
at HDTGM. For commercial-free access to how did this get made and our entire archive and so much more, sign up for Stitcher Premium for a free one-month trial. Use the code BONKERS. A big thanks to our producers, Cody Fisher and Molly Reynolds, our engineer, Devin Bryant, and our publisher, July Diaz. We will see you next week for Music from Another Room. Hi there, this is Mary Holland. You may know me from Happiest Season or Veep or the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Or you may know me as Janice Cramps. Huh? I want to wish Comedy Bang Bang a happy 15th anniversary. Wow, 15 years old. Comedy Bang Bang is about to get its driver's permit. I'm so excited for it. And I'm, you know, really grateful because Comedy Bang Bang has brought me so much joy as a listener and a performer. And I'm just very grateful for this community that we have in Comedy Bang Bang. You can hear me and a lot of other very funny people on Comedy Bang Bang wherever you get your podcasts. So what are you waiting for? Tune in! Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.